Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Aidan Donnelly from Davies is on the line now for a look at the papers and the markets. And Aidan, we're starting with news that insolvencies are on the way up. This is in the Irish Indo. Deloitte saying insolvencies in Ireland likely to be up a third in the first nine months of the year compared to the same period last year. Yeah, I suppose uh, certainly insolvency experts have been long predicting this, that, you know, as we've come out of of COVID, that there's going to be, you know, a, a, a wave of insolvencies linked to, you know, difficulties during that, particularly as benefits from government supports and tax warehousing and loan pe- repayment breaks and all began to roll off. Now, I think the other thing that's probably factoring in, all of those those things are happening at the same time, obviously, we're we're seeing the 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 cost of living increase is likely to 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 kind of crimp consumer spending as well. So it's almost a double whammy. So as you said, we're, we're, the the Deloitte are looking at uh, insolvencies being up by by thirty three percent by the end of this month compared to the first nine months of the the, the year. Yeah, and um, I mean to be honest with you, before the whole Ukraine crisis broke out. I wasn't sure this wave was going to come the way a lot of people expected because the economy seemed to be doing so well. I mean, government supports were always going to be phased out, but but it almost looked like things were going to be so good. A lot of businesses might be able to trade their way through it all. I mean, I think that's that's definitely not the case now, uh, given what's going on. And I suppose uh, we should say as well, the, the, the new um, small company administrative rescue process, SCARP, that's kind of in its infancy. It's this new scheme to, to try and keep insolvent companies afloat without them having to go to court. Uh, we've got a few companies uh, involved in that process now and I'm going to be very interested to see, does it succeed and, and will it be an option to, to keep uh, to keep companies going? I, I, think, I think you've got, you, you know, it's definitely going to be the 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 the, the real epicenter this is going to be on the services sector side there's no doubt about it because obviously they're the ones that have been hardest hit and then you know when you you factor in, in within the wider economy the fact that you know they're, they're seeing their cost base increase and maybe their revenue ba- line come down uh, you know this, this it's just a kind of a, a perfect storm of bad news for for small businesses Moving on to the Financial Times, Boeing has been fined $200 million by the SEC. This is all around disclosures uh, they made or maybe didn't make is probably the, the better way to put it uh, to, the, to the market about the 737 MAX problems. Yeah, this this is this. You know, when people see this, they kind of go two hundred million. It's a pretty small one, a small fine in, in the scheme of things. But it, it does come on, on on the back of a two and a half billion uh, fi- uh, fine that they paid last year to to resolve a criminal fraud. So this is just the the, the security regulator coming in and saying, listen, you know, you've also breached um, our rules in terms of disclosures to the market. Uh, so they've managed the company and the former chief executive have agreed to pay to pay the 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 200 million dollars and really it's around obviously the, the the issues with the 737 max and and the, the particularly the problems with the internal safety problems with that plane post the the, the the two flights that crashed um and it looks as if there was several uh, as you say misleading our our, our information with, withheld from the market about the, the severity yeah. of it and the nature of of what was going on one example listed here the, the former chief executive dennis mullenberg he's kind of reading a draft of a press release that was going to go out he suggested cutting a reference to a, a software update and we know of course the software was a big part of the problem and he also directed employees to uh, according to this piece to add 
portions of an Indonesian government report that selectively highlighted pilot error and poor aircraft maintenance as crash factors. I mean, this really is one of the greatest corporate scandals uh, in living memory. Uh, and if anyone is, is interested in, in reading a bit more about it, there's a fantastic book called Flying Blind by uh, Peter Robison, a Bloomberg reporter, which goes into detail about just really the, the, the shocking behaviour uh, within Boeing around all of this. Finally then, Aidan, sticking with the Financial Times, Credit Suisse, I mean, this is really interesting. I mean, we notice this trend that the conglomerate is kind of over and they're kind of bringing this into their investment bank. They want to split their investment bank into three parts. Yeah, this is interesting. And I suppose the other thing that it that, that it ties into is we're starting to see some of the bigger uh, professional firms doing exactly the same thing. Obviously, we, we, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ernst and Young talking about splitting themselves up in, 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 into their various different parts. But Credit Suisse are looking at this and it's been a fairly torrid couple of years for, for Credit Suisse in terms of many scandals that have been around and also poor business trading, etc., and things like that. So what they're ultimately trying to do is look at their investment bank and, and kind of carve it into, you know, stuff that they really don't want to be in in the, in the long term. But also it's like then, a NAMA. They have a na- an internal yeah, NAMA. Internal NAMA. It's, it's, it's incredible. And actually, it's not the first time they've used it. They have used it in the past, uh, but they're now bringing it in. And what's going to happen is they're going to see the bad parts of the business put into that and kind of things with, that have high risky assets. And ultimately, that would be wound down. And then they want to have their group's advisory business, which is the real jewel in the crown, uh, is going to be uh, separated out. And potentially, they're kind of the rainmakers that in that business are going to get equity stakes within it. So that probably tells you that there's a chance that it could be spun off at some later point and then there'll be just the rest of the business that kind of operates on now. You're looking at probably uh, you know, reading between the lines is going to be fairly substantial layoffs I would imagine um, you know, they're talking about t- potentially thousands of job cuts coming from this so the company um, releases its third quarter earnings on, on, on October 27th and, and it's likely that the, the full extent are, are certainly a lot more detail about about this plan is going to be uh, rolled out at that stage, and they're talking about potentially even rejuvenating their uh, their first Boston brand for investment bank, and that goes back a long, long time. Uh, it's, it's been many years since we've seen that brand, but again, as you said, it's 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 out out of needs must almost because they've they've. Um, given the difficulties the business has had over the last few years. Yeah, Francesca McDonald will be very closely involved in this as the new Chief Operations Officer. All right, uh, Aidan, let's talk then about the Bank of England. 50 basis points of a hike yesterday. A lot of people were expecting 75. It seemed to me, reading the commentary they provided, that they're kind of waiting to see what Liz Truss's plans are in detail and kind of what they do a bit. And they sort of want to keep some powder in reserve if needed. Yeah, there's definitely the, the case. I'd, I'd say most uh, most of the market uh, were, were were saying that there was a chance of of a 75 basis point increase, particularly given what had happened in the Fed the day before. Um, and but the ultimate issue here is that uh, you know monetary policy is really being challenged by the, the fiscal policy announcements from the government in the last few days. And today we're going to obviously get a bit more detail on that. Now there there has been spats between. The, the the Bank of England and, and and the UK government over the last couple of weeks and and months almost you know coming to the point where you know Liz Truss in in in, in in our campaign to get them, the, the head of the Conservative Party was saying, you know, that the, the Bank of England's 
uh, remit needs to be substantially changed and what they do, you know, then they need, they need to have a different focus and things like that. So there is not a happy relationship between the Bank of England and, and, and the UK government uh, right now. So I think the last thing they were probably going to do, given the fact that there's the announcement on, on uh, the, the fiscal plans today was probably to throw in a 75 basis point increase. But when you look under the hood in terms of the the voting that went on, there's still, you know, three major hawks in there look, pushing for 75 basis points increase. There was kind of five moderates and, and, and one lone dove. Um, and the, yeah. the dove was a, a, a new joiner. So you can kind of discount that for the time being. So you can see that that, that five to three vote could easily be switch over the other way um, in, in the next yeah. month or two um, because of the, the ongoing strength of, of, of inflation within the UK economy. Yeah, I, I can see why they made the decision they made. You know, you don't want to use up all your rate hikes uh, in case they're, they're needed, uh, so to speak, um, because of the impact of this very substantial uh, fiscal change that, that's coming down the road. All right, Mr. Donnelly, I want to get personal with you for a moment. This is my second last edition of Breakfast Business. My last is on Monday uh, when I'll be leaving News Talk for a new adventure. So this is our last hurrah, Aidan. And uh, really, I just want to say thank you. We've been soldiering together on on Friday mornings for five years, which is hard to believe. And uh, a lot of the stories that that we cover can be kind of heavy going. And I think it's obviously really important to analyse them properly, but also... Uh, to try and bring a bit of humour to them, and uh, you've uh, you've done that very very well in the time we've been working together. So thanks for being so generous with your time, and uh, try not to miss me too much as well, life goes on without me. Best of luck in your new role. I'm sure you're going to make a great go of it, and yeah, definitely going to be uh, going going to miss the Friday morning chats. Uh, but but as I said, hopefully uh, your new role is, is is great success, and no doubt our paths will cross again. I'm sure they will. Thanks very much, Aidan. All right. More emotional farewells on Monday. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.